Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Doc. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker joining me via Skype. Justin, how are you on this wonderful Saturday morning? I'm doing great. Uh, starting to warm up. It's Spring might be coming. It's mid-40s here, so we're getting a heat wave. Hey, all I know, all the snow in my backyard is melting and now my dogs are covered in mud. So that's uh, <laughs> that's really fun. And then it'll all freeze again and my backyard will be ready for a hockey game. So. Beautiful. Uh, just come on over, bring your goalie equipment, and you know there might be a few, a few holes in the ice, but just know it's on solid foundation, a nice sod foundation. <laughs> so, well, okay. So obviously today's show, I mean, leading, we're we're forty eight hours out from uh, trade deadline. Well, maybe maybe more like fifty. 56 or something like that but we're we're very close we're two days away from the trade deadline officially happening so uh very soon will our show no longer be about trades uh who are we kidding we'll keep talking about trades even after the trade deadline but uh we will certainly be focused in on the trade deadline for today's show uh we're gonna run through some of the deals made over the last week since our last show and then we will get to the to the meat of you know what we think will happen we want to just we want to hone in on teams that are kind of on that playoff bubble what they might do i think they're maybe the most interesting uh we know that you know tampa bay is always in on a guy nashville especially now that duchene has gone off to columbus we know they'll be in on something else you know there's there's all these top teams are looking for something uh, but it's maybe more up in the air what a what a potential playoff team will do just to get into the playoffs. How desperate are they for the playoffs? So uh, let's start with these trades. And you know, I know we said we wouldn't we wouldn't talk about it, but let's just for sake of the fact that it, it happened right after our show last week. The Vancouver Canucks acquire Brian Spooner from the Oilers for Sam Gagne. Uh, any any thoughts on why this move happened? Yeah, I just Spooner wasn't really working out in Edmonton, and I think being able to swap for nearly identical cap hits and you know term one year left each after this year, I think the Oilers thought, hey, maybe we can bring in a guy who can potentially be a decent third line center for us and a guy we're familiar with. And you know, for Spooner, it's just an opportunity to get a fresh start for like the 18th time, and uh, maybe it works out in Vancouver. Yeah, at some point you have to stop thinking that a guy needs a fresh start, and you just have to come to terms with who he is. Uh, Sam Gagne did have eight points for the Oilers one game. I don't know if you remember that one. But, yes, uh, I do. <laughs> he, uh, that's the that's the one thing that he did that Gretzky didn't, I think, was an eight-point game. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks scoop former Toronto Maple Leaf Peter Holland for Darren Radish. Uh, Chicago obviously just looking to have some depth forwards. Uh, that's That's really the spot that they've been – They've been struggling in, and so, I mean, Peter Holland doesn't really bring too much to the table, uh, but just kind of one of your run-of-the-mill swaps. We'll, we'll just move past that one on to a more significant deal. The Bruins acquire Charlie Coyle from the Wild for Ryan Donato and a fifth-round pick, which is a conditional fifth. Uh, on whether the the Bruins, depending on how far the Bruins go in in the playoffs, determines what that pick becomes. Uh, your thoughts on this deal? Yeah, I, I think Boston definitely needed some depth scoring uh, in order to compete with you know the Toronto's and the the Tampa's of the the East, and uh, they definitely are going to get a guy who is not only big but can score a few goals. And I think for Minnesota, they they're starting. I don't want to call it a retool, but they're starting to to get a little bit younger with guys like this. Not that Charlie Coyle was old by any means, but I think they're they're uh, you know moving on from a guy like Coyle who maybe just didn't really work out quite the way the Wild thought he could. And uh, for the Bruins, like I said, they get a guy who can probably come in and be a good third line center for him. Yeah, you know, I, I'm my guess is right now the Bruins are looking at the standings and they're going, all right, well, you know, we're playing the Leafs in the first round. You know, the chances of that happening are high. Um, whether, you know, it's just going to matter who has home ice advantage. But uh, it looks like the the way things are shaping up, the Bruins are, it's going to be an ex- exact rematch of last year. Bruins two, Leafs three. And you've got to be thinking that the Bruins are going, all right, why did we beat the Leafs last year? And what 
what has beaten the Leafs this season and it's been teams that have size and are throwing the Leafs around a little bit and the Leafs don't really have an answer for it and so bringing in a guy like Charlie Coyle to me is an exact response to all right great Leafs went out and got Jake Muzzin he's a little bit more of a sandpaper type of type of defenseman well well also being highly skilled uh and, and they answer with, well, let's bring in Charlie Coyle. They've been missing that third line center all year long. And he's a guy who is, a, he, he may not play like a big guy, but he is, he does bring size to the table, uh, something that the Leafs have struggled with. And so my, you know, I, I gotta be thinking that both these teams are thinking, how do we beat each other? Which was, you know, Jake Muzzin was a, a a good response to how do we beat the Bruins? Well, we need to get a defenseman who can play and can play that style of game. And the Bruins went right back and, and uh, went out and got some more size. So I think when you look at both those teams, you got to be thinking, how do we beat each other? Because that's the first step. I mean, you can, you can prepare to beat Tampa Bay. I don't know if anybody's going to beat Tampa Bay, uh, <laughs> but you can prepare to beat them. Uh, of course, any move you make to to make your team more deep is going to help. But at this point, you've got to be thinking of your first round matchup, or at least you know those potential teams you'll play. And I think there's if there's one first round matchup that's guaranteed, it's Leafs and Bruins. I'll probably eat my words for that one, but uh, it <laughs> certainly looks like that's what's going to happen. Uh, the Washington Capitals scoop. Carl Hagelin, his second team, or he's on his third team now in, in about, what, four or five months. And uh, he gets him from the Kings after he was already in Pittsburgh. They get him for a third and a conditional sixth. Uh, what do you think, how do you think Hagelin will fit in with the Capitals? And uh, maybe this leads to a larger discussion as to what the Capitals are, are trying to do here at the deadline. Yeah, I I mean, you saw they they put Devontae Smith Pelly. I think he just he hasn't been quite the I guess the goal scorer point guy that they thought he was come playoff time last year when he really stepped up with seven goals and I think two assists in the playoffs and um, I think they're worried that maybe he's not going to be able to repeat that performance. You know, and they're worried about depth. When you got to go against teams in the East like Tampa Bay and Toronto that have a lot of depth, right? You you would think that you know, eventually in the you know, the conference finals where I'm thinking the Capitals are anticipating this move to really pay off is when you have to have those third and fourth lines being able to score. And I think Carl Hagelin adds a lot of speed. And he still, you know, I, I don't know if maybe it was L.A., but he still has the ability. I mean, granted, you know, he did a lot of his point producing in Pittsburgh. We're hoping that, uh, you know, maybe a, a third line set up for, for him with maybe Lars Eller might work out pretty well. And then, uh, you know, he's shown, too, that he can also keep up with, you know, the more skilled players. So if they have to move them up to the first or second line, it's still a possibility. Yeah. I'll say this, that Carl Hagman never looked comfortable in Los Angeles and he comes back to the East. Uh, certainly Washington is, is much more like Pittsburgh than it is like LA, you know? Right. So I think that maybe, maybe that helps him. Uh, maybe he, you know, just the familiarity of the conference and, uh, the location, uh, maybe that just just helps them play better. Although it w- it would be uh, it would be very interesting if we see Washington play Pittsburgh in the first round. And there's your uh, there's in a roundabout way he's the Penguins traded him to the Capitals. So yeah, the the Capitals to me they're I think they're still looking to make another move. Maybe for obviously they they did make another move. Uh, we'll just we'll skip ahead here. We'll we'll jump we'll jump a couple trades. Uh, yesterday, they not only do they acquire Nick Jensen and a fifth round pick from the Red Wings for Madison Bowie and uh, and a 2020 second round pick, the Capitals go right ahead and sign Nick Jensen to a four year, ten million dollar deal. Uh, so they were not only were they looking for Nick Jensen as a rental, they're looking at Nick Jensen and going like, we want you long term. We think that you fit our system right away. Yeah, I mean, first off, he's a right-handed shot, which are very highly coveted, and I think Washington could definitely use that because outside of Carlson, I don't think they have much. Oh, this uh, kid, this kid yeah. is a right-handed shot. But I mean, to be quite honest, he's 
I don't want to say he's fallen off a little bit, but he he is not as good as he you know was the last couple seasons for Washington. And I think you know Jensen has the ability to still move the puck, so he's a guy who could maybe slot in on that second power play unit if you know Niskanen really you know isn't panning out, or maybe they need to to change things up a little bit. And I to be quite honest, I mean they must have had their their eye on a guy like Jensen for a while because to go out a couple hours later after trading for him and sign him to that deal was quite shocking. I was a little surprised by that. Right. Yeah. You usually don't usually don't see that for the the we'll we'll say the the lesser impact of players. You know, that's he's definitely a bottom pairing guy. What what I do like about him as well. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about having guys on their correct side of their stick and just just how much of a difference it can make just with that split second and the power on your forehand. Well, now the Capitals have Carlson Niskanen and Jensen all on the right side. And what that's going to do is it's, of course, Orlov's on the left, Kempney's on the left, and you have then you have Brooks Orpik and Christian Juice to choose from. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if this maybe allows them to... I, I don't think that Brooks Orpik, I don't think the plan is to you know not have him play, uh, especially come playoff time, but it maybe gives them an opportunity to, to scratch him as a healthy scratch down the stretch when they maybe don't need him to play or they go, well, this is a lot faster team. And so Brooks Orpik, we're going to have, you know, we're going to choose Nick Jensen over Orpik. And then maybe there's a game where it's a little heavier and they go with Orpik over Jensen or, or over Christian juice. And so I think you might, you'll, you'll see this depth play off play out in the, in the end of the season, especially with Brooks Orpik, he's 38 years old. He is coming off a long run last year, and so it would be nice to be able to rest him down the stretch. I, th- I don't think that it can be uh, understated how much a little bit extra rest can help leading into the playoffs, because Brooks yeah. Orpik will be uh, he he will be played in the playoffs for better or for worse. They they see him as as a playoff guy. So, oh, for sure. It, so he'll be in the lineup come playoffs. I, I just think that he's better served if he's playing, you know, if he's resting every fourth or fourth or fifth game along the way. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's you know, go to the, the other, the, the biggest move, you know, February 22nd. Of course, we know the Florida Panthers have acquired Vincent Prapland from the <laughs> San Jose Sharks for nothing more than, you know, the beautiful future considerations. And uh, I just, I just want to, for a second, just camp out on those future considerations, because <laughs> you know sometimes you get future, and sometimes you get considerations. Uh, sometimes you get them both, and uh, and that's you know that's when you know the sharks, they've got cons- they've got a lot of future and a lot of considerations on their hands. So big move for the San Jose Sharks. Okay, anyway, so uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, of course, <laughs> they have acquired Matt Duchesne. Uh, and J- Julius Bergman from the Ottawa Senators. Julius Bergman, not not a bad uh, bottom pairing guy. Uh, for Vitaly Abramov, Jonathan Davidson, a 2019 or a 2020 first round pick, and a conditional first round pick if Duchesne resigns in Columbus. So a, a pretty heavy price to pay for a rental. Uh, obviously, there's some thought that he'll resign in Columbus. I don't know if you do this deal without thinking he's going to resign, but we both had separate opinions on what may happen moving forward. Uh, before we get to the, the moving forward, what do you think of this deal? I think for Columbus, they're gearing up for a long playoff run. You know, I know we, we talked about it a bit. They were, you know, basically an overtime away from putting the capitals on the brink of elimination. And, um, you look at a guy, I, I look at this move and look at a guy like Alex Winberg, for example, why they made this move. Because, granted, you know, he was he was pretty good, his, you know, last year. But this year he's just been a complete bust of a second-line center. And, um, you know, I, I think that if they have any shot at going deep in the playoffs at all, I think, you know, having a, a solid number two center is you know, what they needed more than anything else. And, you know, we know they've got the depth on defense. We know they've got the Vesna goaltender back there. So, again, the center position to me is where they needed more focus than anything else. And, um, you know, I wasn't going to be, if I was Columbus, I wasn't going to be relying on Riley Nash maybe to come up either. 
and fill in at that second line center. So a guy like Matt Duchesne, again, gives you options, right? You can play him at your top line. You can play him at your second line if you feel like it. You can mix up things a little bit and kind of spread out the offense, and you don't have to rely so much on, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Cam Atkinson, and Panarin now to really get it done. Yeah, my my question is, do you split up Atkinson and Panarin and you give one to each centerman? Uh, or you know, or are they gonna got, put a guy like Boone Jenner, and and maybe a like maybe you move I don't know maybe you move Wenberg to the wing or is Wenberg maybe goes down to that third line center position? Uh, does that make Riley Nash your fourth line center? Uh, there there's a few options that they have. What I'm worried about, it, Matt Duchesne has had a great season thus far, but he's been playing with Matt Stone or uh, he's yeah he's been playing with Stone all season long. So I'm wondering how much his great season has to do with playing with Stone and does who he plays with in Columbus, is it not going to look as quite as fancy as he did in, in Ottawa? And so this move to me has, I'm just, I'm really wondering, I'm back and forth. Do the, do they take this move and is it, is it them going on a long run or is it them going, okay, we, we got a guy we obviously before you trade for him you're you're talking to you know you've gotten permission to talk to him about like would you consider resigning here like you know what's your numbers and like you know you're you're already laying out the table because if a guy goes i mean there's absolutely no way i'm going to resign there then he's they wouldn't have given up those assets for him so i i think you're going to see duchene sign long term in columbus but does this mean that Artemi Panarin is on his way out because they can essentially recoup all the assets that they sent out for Duchesne in exchange for Panarin? Yeah, this one's going to be tough. I think maybe not necessarily the thought process of trading Panarin, but I think they bring in Duchesne in the thought process that, hey, you know what, When if and when Panarin leaves this offseason, if we you know decide not to trade him, um, you know, Duchesne is that guy that can kind of fill in those missing points that we're going to lose when Panarin leaves. Now, I mean, granted, it, it sucks if you decide to keep Panarin and you don't get anything back for him, and now you've given up, you know, a couple first rounders and some assets for him. But at the same time, you know, I think right now, as a fan base, you give the hope that, hey, we can go out and we can win a playoff round or two and finally be, you know, the last NHL team to go out and win a playoff round. Yeah, there is one one thing that I'm, you know, Columbus is right now, they're sitting third in the Metro. 71 points. The Penguins tied with 71 with them. Uh, you know, obviously, the, if the Penguins, they, they are technically two two wins away they're, because they have to, uh, they, they have a game in hand, the, the Blue Jackets do. So, potentially, the, the Penguins have to get three points to jump them here. But uh, let's, let's assume that Pittsburgh figures it out a little bit. They, they don't keep going under 500 and, uh, and maybe here at the end of the season, they, they go out at the deadline and they acquire a little bit of depth, set themselves up here. Uh, to me, the blue jackets, how, how far are they from finishing with one of the wild cards? In which case, what if they have to play Tampa Bay? You think the Columbus blue jackets, even if they keep an Aaron and Duchesne and, Bobrovsky that they can beat Tampa Bay because I don't think so. I, I think if it goes seven, they they have no chance. However, they, man, I I would give them maybe a 25 percent chance they could beat Tampa Bay just because uh, their back end they have the depth on D to do it, and they've got the two time Vesna winning goaltender back there, Bobrovsky. And I think if, if who's, who's know, been Bob, one of the worst playoff goaltenders right <laughs> over the last ten years. I, I, I will give you that, but I do think if he does get hot, uh, finally, you know, and with that, that defense, I, I do think they could take Tampa Bay for a lengthy playoff series and, you know, maybe a guy like Duchesne and if they decide to keep Panarin could be, you know, could help them in, you know, making the difference there and, um, you know, potentially beating a team like Tampa Bay. I know they didn't have Matt Duchesne, but just, uh, Five days ago, the Lightning beat the Blue Jackets five to one. So, there is that. Not pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that that's all the that's all the trades that that we have there. Uh, let's let's take a look maybe at some of these playoff runs. Whether you think some of these teams 
will make a move to try and, you know, just clinch this playoff spot and see if maybe I, I have to think that maybe if you think you can get into that first wild card spot, the teams are looking at the Islanders and going, Okay, you're having a nice regular season. It, is this real? Like, is this a, are you a team that can actually win the playoffs or is this just you're putting together a really nice season? You're, you're beating the teams you should. You're playing great defense. But come playoff time, when goals dry up anyways, this team that can, I mean, they're, they're towards the bottom of the conference. Only a few teams have less goals than them. Uh, and there's no playoff team in the East with less goals or, or the only team in the West with less is the Minnesota Wild. And I don't expect them to be in the playoffs when all is said and done. So the Islanders are maybe the least scary team in terms of a, a division winner in the league. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I think if you're a team trying to get in that wild card spot, you're trying to to hop that number two and get that top wild card spot so you can face a team like the Islanders come first round because that obviously, again, if you got to play Tampa Bay or the Islanders, you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to take the Islanders 10 times out of 10. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, imagine, I'm just picturing, you know, Maybe Pittsburgh gets that that wild card spot. Pittsburgh and the Islanders in the first round. You can see Pittsburgh beating the Islanders in the playoffs, and then they get you know Washington or Columbus in the next round, and and maybe Pittsburgh has an easier ride to the finals or to the conference finals than than you'd think, uh, despite finishing in that wild card. Whereas, man, does it it does not pay to end up in that three spot in the in any division because. <laughs> You're always playing a, a fantastic team, and it's every team in the playoffs, so they're all pretty even. But uh, I'm I'm wondering about the Carolina Hurricanes because there's been a lot of talk about Furland and you know the fact that they they have some UFAs, but it it looks like the way that they've been playing that they're going to be at least they're going to stand pat. Uh, is there anybody that you think the Hurricanes might be in on? Or any moves that they're looking to make, I don't think they're looking to move a Justin Williams or anything like that as their captain. But uh, anything that they could be up to, maybe a goaltender. I don't know. Man, they're they're a tough team to get a read on. I mean, they haven't really, you know, you hear about other teams all the time, you know, potentially making moves that they got to go after people. You know, we we consistently hear about the National Predators and Winnipeg Jets, for example. Uh, needing to make a move, but you know, you never really hear the Carolina Hurricane, the Carolina Hurricanes, right? They've kind of floated under the radar in terms of trade news, and um, you know, I, I again, I, I know we've talked about him a little bit, and you haven't really heard his name come up lately. But a guy like Dougie Hamilton or Justin Falk, for example, who you know they've been looking to, or they have the ability to maybe move one of these these extra defensemen they have here and and get a good forward in return. I think if there's any move to be made for Carolina, that's probably it. Unless, again, I, I wouldn't mind if they can maybe swing a, you know, a fourth-round draft pick for a, a goaltender maybe. Um, but, again, there's not a ton out there in terms of goalies that maybe I'm, I'm looking at right now and saying, okay, good, we can move him. Maybe, you know, a Keith Kincaid, if you, if you think he might be okay for you as an asset, uh, you could maybe get him for a fifth- or sixth-round pick. But uh, in terms of Carolina, maybe go after, you know, you could potentially look at a guy like Gus Nyquist. Um, maybe a Ryan DeZingle, <clears throat> excuse me, or, or a Zuccarello, maybe one of those guys I think, you know, you could possibly see them making a move for, but it's it's really hard to kind of pin down because they, they could really use a forward that can score some goals uh, more than anything else. But, you know, again, we'll we'll see what they're, they're, they're going after here. Yeah, to me, if I'm Carolina, I'm looking at this, I'm going, all right, we've had an impressive second half of the season, and, and that's all well and good. Uh, I'm gonna say I, I'm not quite I'm not sold on this team anyways. Uh, I've talked about it before where I think when you're so far out of the playoffs or you know you're the pressure's really off in terms of making the playoffs that sometimes you play looser, therefore you play better. And then when push comes to shove, when you're right on the doorstep, which they've been on the doorstep a couple times, they can't seem to win that game to to bump them over the edge, even if they 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 find themselves sitting in that last wild card spot. They fall back, and you know I I, I think if I'm the general manager, if I'm Don Waddell, I'm looking at this and saying 
We're, we're going to leave it as it is because this group has managed to do something special here in the second half. So let's see if they can continue it. I don't want to disrupt any of the chemistry in the room. I, I just want to let them see what happens. And if we make the playoffs, great. If we don't, it's okay because we haven't given up anything. I, I just I look at this and see, you know, if they give up a second round pick for somebody or, you know, like let's say they, they're out and they try to get a Nyquist or they, they go and they acquire a goaltender, give up a third or a second round pick for one, then you are you just lost an asset that could bring you a pretty good player if you if you draft well. And so to me where this team is at, I mean, what are you giving assets up for? You're two playoff games to go in and get absolutely whomped by the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's that's <laughs> your prize. So let's see if they can do it on their own. And if they get in, great. You're probably gonna get, you know, whooped by the lightning. Uh and if they don't get in, then that's kind of what you expected all along, and you haven't given up any assets, and those assets are more valuable in the end anyways. So if I'm Carolina, I'm sitting, sitting still. <laughs> okay, let's yeah, go. Well, let me, let me throw out oh, yeah, go real ahead. quick before we move on. Uh, let me throw out one name, and I want to see maybe what you think about this move because um, giving up assets to lose you know, in the playoffs obviously is never a good thing, but – uh, for the next couple of years, maybe a guy, uh, for example, that I see on this list, Jeff Carter. Could you see him being a fit in terms of maybe a second-line center moving forward over the next couple of years for this team? To me, Jeff Carter is only slightly better than Jordan Stahl right now. I, I just, okay. I'm not seeing it with Jeff Carter. I mean, I know it's it's hard to it's hard to evaluate a guy when a he's come off. It seems like he's always been hurt, and he had that big mm-hmm. injury last year, and he plays on such a bad team. He has limited talent around him. It's really hard to evaluate him at this point in his career, but I, th- I think he's, what, 33 yeah, right now? So I, I just think he's at that spot where he's he's maybe not a third a second-line center anymore. He's, he's trending towards being a third-line center. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to check on check on some war stats and I'll I'll get back to you where he actually is. That that might just be my you know my gut saying that and that the numbers might not actually show that. But it's it just seems like I don't know if he'd be a great fit in Carolina. You've already got a stall. You already have a Justin Williams. Like, do you really want to be this team that brings in a bunch of old guys just to barely make the playoffs? Because I don't think Jeff Carter pushes the needle very much for you. Okay. Obviously, you do. You think that that's a a move you'd make? No, I I I don't think I make the move, but it's it's intriguing to me because I I think their need for a center, and I think a guy with term could be a move that maybe they make to maybe get into the playoffs, just something for the fans, but then also sets them up maybe for the next couple of years to help them grow. Okay. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, okay. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Penguins who have, of course, been really all over the place in terms of the standings. And they they haven't really done a whole lot other than the... Uh, what what trade? They made it... They they traded Blake... They acquired Blake Sibonaller from the Blue Jackets uh, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, the Penguins have been relatively still as of late. Not a whole lot of... Uh, of moves other than, you know, they shipped out Jamie Alexiak and, you know, they, they've made these little small moves over time, but is there anything that you think the Penguins are going to try to do here? Yeah, I, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, bringing in Nick Bustad was, was a nice little move. And I think that was probably their biggest deadline move. In my opinion, I, I do think they wouldn't mind bringing in a depth forward or maybe a depth defenseman. Um, but nothing big. I mean, really, I think, you know, you could go after, um, man, who would be a good name? I mean, just maybe an Adam McQuaid or, you know, maybe somebody a little bit further on down the line, like a uh, Tobias Reader, maybe, if you want to even go that far. But again, I, I, I think they're just looking at depth moves at this point. Nothing big, um, you know, for them. I think the big moves are done. Okay. Yeah, I my guess is there's a couple players who, you know, I just I never count Pittsburgh out. Jim Rutherford always looking to make a big move. He's not afraid to, 
to to really shuffle things up. And and when I look at this team, I go, I mean, who are my, who are the players I'm not going to touch? I'm not going to touch Crosby or Malkin, obviously. Uh, you, at this point, Latang's playing well enough. I, I don't think you'd get anything that you can compare, especially with him being a right-handed defenseman. So Latang staying put, uh, and then maybe a Getzel you're going to leave, and just the fact that Holmquist has such chemistry, and he's really he's there for the playoffs. You know, there's those certain guys where you'll excuse a lesser regular season because you know what he brings to the table when all is said and done. And this Pittsburgh team, you know, they they may be they may not be good enough to even win a round at this point if they end up playing the Lightning, which is where they would be right now. But I mean, if I'm if I'm the Islanders, I don't really want to play the Penguins in the first round because the Penguins are going to flip a switch come playoff time. They know all they have to do is get in. They've they've gone on a lot of long runs over the years, so you, you got to be thinking that this maybe some of this regular season is just them kind of being sick of the regular season. So <laughs> so to me, there there are some moves out there that the Penguins could make, uh, namely a goaltender if they don't feel like. DeSmith is is going to get it done in the playoffs. I I think that you could Pittsburgh, even though there's nothing out there. Uh, in ter- you know, I, I'm I'm not hearing anything. I just I think that Pittsburgh could be in on a goaltender, uh, even if it's if it's just for for this year. If it was to bring in a Jimmy Howard, or if it was to to bring in a guy like oh, man, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, just somebody somebody who's who's an unrestricted free agent doesn't isn't going to be there beyond this year just to go, Hey, we we've got, you know, Matt Murray, we'll just healthy scratch you. If, if you're not going to be, if you're not good enough right now, that's fine. We'll figure it out later, but we've got a playoff run to go on. Yeah. I would not be surprised at all by that move. And I, I would agree with you. I think you look at right. Tristan Jari, 3.5 goals. Casey to Smith and Matt Murray are treading close to three goals against the game as well. And I think, you know, if there's one area where maybe you could look and say, hey, we could use an improvement, that that could be it. And, uh, you know, I mean, you could look at some other teams, like, for instance, the Colorado Avalanche, right? If they, they really don't feel they're going to make any noise or they're going to get in, you know, maybe you trade a Varlarm off that way. Um, you know, you could go a little bit further down the line and you could, you could look at a team like Anaheim, right? They've got three goaltenders right now, Gibson, who is on IR, Miller and Chad Johnson. Well, Chad Johnson has proven in the past that he can be a – you know, a decent goaltender, especially in the backup position. So I think maybe he could be somebody you could try to snatch out. And then even further down, like I, I mentioned earlier, Keith Kincaid, uh, you could even look towards Toronto and maybe try to get a Michael Hutchinson out of there. But again, a couple options for you if you're, you know, if you're the Penguins, maybe to go after. Yeah, or maybe you really just look to shake the world up and you trade, you, you get Jeff Skinner to agree to an extension and you go straight up, Jeff Skinner for Phil Kessel, and you just shake everything up. Wow, that's that's what I do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Let, well, you know, Montreal is a team that we haven't talked a whole lot about, despite the fact that they've just quietly gone about their business. Uh, they, you know, they're in there. They're right now. They're they're three points ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes. They've they've got the Penguins as a cushion team. They're, I mean. In reality, they really are only three points back of that third spot in the Atlantic. Uh, boy, wouldn't that be a trip if if Montreal could jump jump Toronto and ended up playing Boston and Toronto ended up a wild card? I actually would. It's almost you look at it and you're like, would I rather play Boston or the Islanders in the first round? <laughs> but uh, I I think Montreal. You do you look at them as a team that uh, that will really try to make a splash i know they've already come out and said we won't trade for a rental we're not interested in guys with without term but they are interested in guys with term so what does that mean for the canadians will they make a move here you think uh honestly i don't think so i think maybe the only move i could see them making would be to bring in for instance like you know one of carolina's defensemen for example right like a dougie hamilton or justin falk like we talked about with term still on there to maybe fill in that back end because I, I do think, you know, they've got a lot of good young pieces, um, you know, not necessarily on the back end, but up front. And I think it would be, you know, good for this team to just, you know, maybe get in, see what you can do. And, 
you know, not necessarily, like you said, look to add any big pieces because I, I don't think the team expected to really be in the playoff hunt this year. And I think they're kind of ahead of schedule on where maybe they thought they would be. So um, if I'm if I'm anybody in Montreal, I, I'm kind of standing pat unless you can get a, a big name defenseman to come in. Yeah, to me, it's, it's exactly the same scenario as Carolina. You look at this team and you go, this isn't where we thought we'd be, but let's see what happens. We're not going to do anything drastic here because of the chemistry in the room we just want to keep it the same let's let's keep this group together and and you know i think you have that conversation with your team you know some people say well they've played well enough they deserve a rental well that's stupid how about hey they've played well enough that we don't think we need a rental now that that can be out there too you know we we like the group we have we don't want to disrupt what's going on here and so we're not going to make a move here at the deadline. Other, you know, it's it's one thing to go and, and bring in a depth guy or something like that where you don't really give up much. Uh, but I, I I don't think Montreal really makes much of a move right now. I think they're more of a draft, like make a move at the draft type of team uh, that yeah. is, is what you'll see. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think Montreal, their biggest handicap right now is their – their depth in terms of prospects, right? They don't have a ton of them. So if you're right. Montreal, you don't want to give up draft picks or what little prospects you have right now because you're sacrificing, you know, what little future you have in terms of, you know, forwards and defensemen to bring up to to help stockpile, you know, talent around or around the guys that are developing quicker than normal. Yep, exactly. And I mean, it's nice this team doesn't really have any free agents coming up. That I mean, they they'll just. I mean, Arturi Lekkanen, he's not going to get a whole lot. Joel Armia, so there's there's not a there's not a lot of contractual issues. I mean, Domi's up at the end of next year as an RFA, but Domi won't be a tough sign. So I mean, really, you're you're clear of all that stuff, and so it'll it'll just be, can you acquire more assets? I think is what the Montreal Canadiens need to do. Uh, let's let's go over to the Western Conference as we. Close out the show. The last last five ten minutes or so. Let's uh, let's talk this playoff run, which is, I mean, in reality, there everyone from Vancouver up is in the playoffs. So Vancouver, Chicago, Arizona, Colorado, Minnesota, Dallas, all those teams could potentially make the playoffs, and only two of them will. Uh, is there a move to be made for some of these teams that are, you know, kind of making a late season run? Boy, I, I, the big name for me is Dallas right now that if there's any one team that needs to make a big move and bring in a big piece, it's them because, you know, they've, they've been a team where the last, you know, few years we look at them and we say, hey, you know, this is a team that on paper you look at and you're like, man, they've got some talent. They should be making the playoffs. But for whatever reason, they just keep falling out. And it's guys underperforming, obviously. And, uh, you know, the last couple seasons not really getting good goaltending. And now they're finally getting great goaltending, but their forwards aren't producing, right? You know, last year was quite the opposite they were scoring a ton of goals but they couldn't stop the puck and so um i think if you're if you're dallas you look to make a move up front right you want to bring in a big name and um you know a couple guys that come to mind obviously we i mentioned his name earlier gus nyquist um i think maybe if if you can try to go out and snag mark stone bring him in because boy would he look good on your second line or even maybe your top line acquiring mark stone would be absolutely enormous and actually it's funny in order to acquire mark stone you would you have to would you have to include Jason Spezza to because because right now the, the Dallas Stars have five hundred twenty two thousand dollars of cap space so someone's got to go the other way and he has the exact same cap hit as Mark Stone <laughs> do you have to I mean in order to acquire him that that's that's some of the reason why I'm I'm wondering if the Stars are able to make a move because of of what they have I think Nichushkin could go the other way. I think you could see Ottawa saying, yeah, okay, we'll, like, we'll bet on Nachushkin, who only has a year left on his contract after this at 295. So you could see, you know, a Nachushkin being involved in a deal. And, you know, I mean, what else are you going to have to give up? Because you're going to have to give up some somebody pretty talented in order to, to bring him in. Uh, you might have to give up a Julius Honka. Uh, maybe an Essa Lindell, you know, are you willing to give up roster players or are you just going, we're going to give up a first round pick, which I also don't have a third round pick. So that leaves you with just a second and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. They don't even have a seventh. So, you know, that they, they don't exactly have a ton of, 
of resources to spare either. And uh, that, in terms of cap space and resources, I don't know if they have what it takes to, to bring in a Mark Stone. No, I would agree a little bit in the fact that they're limited on cap space, but um, I think to get a deal done, you're going to be pretty close to what Duchesne got, right? Maybe even a little bit better, I think. Um, now, I, I do think, you know, if you include like a, a Honka and you and Nachuskin and maybe a couple couple good picks there, you could potentially get something done. But I do think in order to do it, Ottawa maybe has to keep a keep a little bit of cap hit, you know, back their way, a little bit of salary. And I, I don't think that this the, happen. Well, I don't think Mark Stone's going anywhere. I think okay. I think they're going to give him uh, like five or six years at ten ten and a half something in there. Ooh. That'll get it done. He'll stay. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I mean, you got you got to think in order in order for this guy to get his money. I, if he's the best player on the Ottawa Senators, that's the way to get the most money is to be the best player on a team. If he goes to another team, he's not going to get the same amount of money. You know, if he goes to a team like Dallas, they're not going to be able to re-sign him at the end of the year either. You know, and I know that gives you the choice of the litter, but I, I get the sense that maybe he wants to be involved in this rebuild. And uh, Matt Duchesne just didn't have the same kind of skin in the game because he hasn't played there his whole career. So I, I do think that Mark Stone stays in in Ottawa. So uh, okay. let's go. You know, I don't even want I don't even want to talk about the Minnesota Wild because they might trade Eric Stahl, <laughs> but who cares if they don't? I, I Paul Fenton is turning out to be. Um, a bust thus far with that Nina Ryder deal. Everyone who's ever dealt Nina Ryder feels like an idiot shortly afterwards. Uh, but we'll, we'll just we'll we'll gloss over that. <laughs> Let's the Pacific Division. Obviously, there's. I mean the the Vegas Golden Knights are securely locked in. I think they're eight points up on the next team on Arizona for that third spot, but they're eleven points back of the second spot. So Vegas is is going to be in the third spot in the Pacific. And they're either going to play San Jose or Calgary. And uh, will either of these teams do anything to improve their chances, uh, whether it's to move up in the standings, but also to win that first round? I mean, really, you've got you've got to be thinking that both these teams want to win the division because it's the difference of playing a Minnesota or maybe Colorado or Dallas or you know Chicago or having to play Vegas. Which is is a huge huge shift in in talent level. So, do you think either of these teams are going to make a big move at the deadline? Well, you know, I think I think both Vegas and San Jose are prime candidates to maybe go and look at a goaltender, right? Um, you know, we look at San Jose, a team that's loaded with talent up front and in the back end, and I, I don't think they make you know any big moves there. I think maybe a depth move, you know, on defense. Uh, you know, maybe at the forward position might come in for, you know, a sixth or fifth round pick, you know, big whoop. Um, nothing that's going to really change their fate. But I do think, you know, for a guy like we've, we've talked about multiple times on the show, Martin Jones, who just, you know, who I thought should have been better this season, given the talent in front of him, hasn't really been better. Um, you know, he would be a prime candidate to maybe say, OK, Jones isn't playing so well. Let's go out and get a goaltender, you know, who can like a Jimmy Howard, for example, right, who can come in and we know. He performs well in the playoffs. He's he's been putting up good numbers on a pretty terrible team this year. So let's go out and get a guy like that. That way, if you know, come game two of the playoffs, Martin Jones isn't cutting it. We can throw Jimmy Howard, and maybe he can salvage a playoff run. Now, um, from a Vegas standpoint, I don't think they would be looking at a goaltender for a playoff run, but yet someone to give Mark Andre Fleury a little bit of relief come down the stretch so that he's fresh for the playoffs. Yeah, a guy we haven't talked about yet uh, is a free agent. I think I think will be moved at the deadline despite having a a no trade clause is Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller okay. as uh, he's been hurt much of the season, but I, I do think he is a he can submit a six team trade list. That is his uh, his no trade clause. Uh, you know, and and I I think being in Anaheim, San Jose is a a prime candidate. I don't think he would mind moving over and and you know that's that short drive over to san jose uh where he has a legitimate chance to win a stanley cup and maybe could be the starting goaltender on that team if they needed him to be i i think this team is still going to go i mean we've put our bat our eggs into martin jones this year and we need to we need to see if he can get it back but bringing in a bringing in a guy like ryan miller could shift their fortunes in that way because I think Ryan Miller has been really great for for John Gibson. 
And I don't think that's been stated enough, you know, how important it is sometimes for a young goalie to have such a strong presence behind him who knows his role. And so maybe bringing in a guy like that, I don't think he'd be expensive. Maybe a third-round pick at most. And so, I mean, I, I really I think that Ryan Miller will be a, a great asset for whatever team brings him in. I don't know if Calgary does because I would say that Mike Smith and Ryan Miller are maybe – cut from the same cloth in a sense. They're both veteran goaltenders. And I, I I think at this point, the way Riddich has played, I think you're just going to probably ride him in. Uh, and if you need to, you're going to play Mike Smith. You'll, you know, head coach will figure that out as, as they go along. But uh, I don't know that Ryan Miller is a good fit in Calgary, but he could be also a good fit in Vegas. You know, just go behind Marc-Andre Fleury. And I think both those guys would get along. They're both, both veteran guys. And it would give them that depth that, at goaltender to where Flurry doesn't have to end up playing 75 games this year. Right. Yeah, and I think from an Anaheim standpoint too, I, I really like this idea of moving Ryan Miller only because now you've you've got a young goaltender who's shown up for a few games already this season and has looked pretty good doing it in a guy by the name of Kevin Boyle. And, uh, you know, I again, it's a limited sample size, three games, but I, I like what I've seen out of him. And I think if you're Anaheim, you know, this is a good opportunity since you're not making the playoffs to, you know, give him a look down the stretch and get him in for a few games with Gibson being hurt and say, hey, let's let's really see what we got here. I like it. Uh, St. Louis Blues, they look like they are now in control of that third spot in the central. <laughs> uh, of course, Dallas could could catch them, uh, but they're really probably the only team that, that could. Uh, did the St. Louis Blues do anything down the stretch? We thought maybe four weeks ago that this team would be selling everybody, and now it looks like they may become buyers, uh, or or will they just stamp at? Boy, you know, uh, getting a forward wouldn't be a, a shock for me at all right now. I think, uh, you know, on the back end, I think they're all set. They don't really need to make any moves. I, I think if they want to maybe move out a guy like, um, you know, a Carl Gunnarsson or – you know, maybe even Bowmeister if they get a good enough offer for a guy like that. Sure, go ahead and move him. I, I don't mind that at all. But in terms of, you know, their big guys like Dunn, Perenko, and Peter Angelo, keep those guys around. Don't move them like, you know, we've, we've speculated earlier on this year. And I think up front is where maybe they could use a little bit of help because, um, you know, you, you see guys like Jaden Schwartz, you know, Tarasenko finally catching fire, and I wouldn't mind – uh, getting a little bit more depth, a third-line guy you can put up there to, to maybe relieve in some minutes from those guys down the stretch. I mean, I, I like the idea of you know a guy like Zuccarello who can come in, he can play the wing, you don't need him to play center, and he can provide some speed. This this If, if this team lacks anything, it's speed. Oh, and yeah. so you just need a guy who you know that Zuccarello can play a, a tighter system because he did it in New York with, uh, with Alain Vignon. And he can play a defensive game. He's not a bad two-way player. And so I think you you know, you know, look to acquire a guy that you can bring in that you know will fit. Uh, I think actually Gustav Nyquist would be a good fit as well. Anyone who can play the wing just to take some pressure off scoring goals from Tarasenko and, o and O'Reilly uh, would be would be key. But I don't know if this team really – like to me, Jay Bomeister is their rental. I don't think they're going to move him because I don't think you're going to get anything for him that is of significance. Uh, and so I say you just go, well, you know, Bo Meester, he's been here. He, he's playing better this these last 20 games. And so I think you're okay with, with hanging on to him. Uh, let's go last last couple comparisons. The Winnipeg Jets, Nashville Predators, maybe the, the two teams outside of Tampa Bay that – know they have a legitimate chance of winning the Stanley Cup today. Uh, even if they did nothing, I think both of them have a legitimate chance. I know Nashville was big on Duchesne, and it obviously didn't happen. And so what does Nashville do now to, to try and pull themselves even with, with Winnipeg and the Tampa Bay? Well, you know, I still think Nashville's going to go out and try to make a splash for a big name forward. Uh, granted, you know, we've talked about it. Duchesne's gone now. They were huge on him, and um, you know, I think a guy like Ryan Dezingle, uh, Kevin Hayes, for example, would fit nicely in their system. I think he's the type of player they would enjoy having there. So I think one of those two guys would be great. As terms, you know, when we speak of Winnipeg, uh, you know, there's one position that we've talked about it all season long, and it's it's the center position on that second line. Now, I, I like 
Brian Little, but I like him better as a third line center right now. And he's been he's been playing good this season. I, I he's been playing better than expected in my mind. But um, you know, a couple names that maybe you could go out and you could get cheap that maybe could show up at the right time. You know, um, now that a guy like for example Patrick Line is you know getting hot now. He scored two last night. He finally snapped that big 15 game goal drought. Um, so you know maybe he starts getting roll. He gets rolling. But a guy like Derek Broussard, right? Florida's not making the playoffs. I don't think Broussard is sticking around there because he knows he's never going to get more than third-line minutes as a center there. So, um, you know, for a guy like Broussard, he'll likely be moved in Florida. I, it would not shock me at all. And I think, you know, if you're Winnipeg, you could probably snag him back for maybe even a third-round pick, maybe a second round at best. And then, you know, you've got a guy who has proven in the past he could handle second-line minutes, and you give him the opportunity to say, hey, show us what you can do. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that at all. I think that that would be a good move on on both sides. Uh, I'm for to to me Nashville. Yes, they're looking for that center. Uh, whereas, wow, I think you just had some dogs go ham, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Where whereas I when I when I look at the Jets, uh, yes, they they would love to have that third line center. I just don't know if there's anyone. I guess a Kevin Hayes would fit in there because he's he's pretty fast uh, and he can play a good two way game. He he would be a likely guy. I again, there's Derek Broussard. He's gonna he's gonna go and be what a third line center. In yeah, I guess I guess he could be a second line center in Winnipeg, but uh, that that would be an interesting an interesting spot to me. Both these teams were high on Stone and Duchesne, and I and I don't think they're gonna get either one of them because I don't think Stone's going anywhere, and obviously Duchesne is in Columbus, so. It's uh, I think it's slim pickings from the center position. Maybe Marcus Johansson could yeah. go somewhere. Uh, and the, to me, the interesting guy would be Eric Stahl. If you could get Eric Stahl moving from Minnesota, if Minnesota's willing to give him up and say, eh, we're not making the playoffs, we're done, then it could get interesting. If Eric Stahl can find his magic from last year, go into uh, to Nashville, I think would be a better fit for him than Winnipeg, although Winnipeg's nice and close to Minnesota. But... Uh, yeah, both those teams, it'll be interesting to see what they do because really the next couple days could seal their fate heading into the playoffs. So we will see what happens. So we will we will be back uh, very soon. This was a nice a nice long episode for you. So we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week as we find out what happens over the trade deadline. Justin, any last words? Yeah, um, Panarin. Traded or staying? Oh, man, you've got me doubting myself now. I guess he's staying. Okay. I, I, you know, the more I think about it, it's they have to do this. They have to keep him. Maybe if they win the Stanley Cup, he stays. Okay. Who knows? You know, you don't, you don't know what a what winning will change. How winning will change somebody and change their tune. Maybe they can convince him to stay. Maybe John Davidson buys him a house on the ocean. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's our show. Let us know what you thought at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter. We will talk to you guys soon. Enjoy trade deadline day. Uh, and, and just in case you were wondering, no, I will not be on TSN's trade deadline 